Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Sam Amico join us, uh, joins us, senior NBA writer of HoopsWire.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Amico Hoops. Sam, thank you so much for the time, man. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well. All ready for the all ready for the finals now that we're finally set. Well, it was a wild Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, we saw Miami as an eight seed, put the Boston Celtics in a three zero hole, and then here or no three hole, I should say. We know the Celtics come back before losing last night. Uh, it feels like there are so many storylines. What's the main one from this? Like, what do you look at from this series and okay say okay that's the number one storyline that we saw in this seven game process. <laughs> it's a hard, hard choice. Uh, you know, I, I think just the fact that you have the second number eight seed ever going to the finals is probably the the, the biggest takeaway from this. And, and, and you know, Miami building the three zero lead and then having to win a game seven on the road. Uh, you know, like I said, there's so many things to look at. You, you, you think about how the Celtics really got the heat where they wanted them after winning two in Miami and, and you know, losing three games in Boston, uh, making home court advantage in the playoffs almost seemed totally irrelevant. And, and even the Lakers in the West lost both their games at home. So uh, I, I just think that, that really, more than anything, we are seeing that the NBA finally has parity. You know, for, for the longest time back in the 80s, people were, you, you knew it was probably going to be the Celtics and Lakers. Uh, most years were the favorites. In the 90s, it was Jordan and the Bulls. Uh, for a while there, we had the, the LeBron James and, and uh, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Miami Heat. And then we had the Cavaliers and the Warriors every year. So, But, you know, the last few years, really, since the NBA bubble in 2020, you just, you just, it's hard to make a pick. There's no real dominant team. And I think that that is good for the NBA and, and good for every organization saying, you know what, we can go into our season feeling like we don't have to tank. We can have a shot if, if uh, everything falls in place. Well, and it's been hard to predict for sure. If there has been anything that's close to as dominant of a team as possible, it's been Denver on the Western side of things. You sweep the LA Lakers, you move on, you get to the NBA finals. A lot of people think the Heat are going to suffer some kind of 4-1, maybe at max 4-2 defeat. But really, Sam, I mean, I'm thinking a lot of people, uh, I'm seeing a lot of people kind of going with Denver as the easy favorite here. What are your NBA finals expectations? I would agree with that. Denver's definitely, you would consider them the, the easy pick uh, just because they have home court advantage. You know, those first two games at a high altitude, which has really benefited them in these playoffs. It's just the fact that they're, you know, a really good team and stacked with a star and Jokic and, and plenty of really good pieces around them, including Jamal Murray. But, you know, their, their role players have been fantastic. Uh, in the postseason when you're talking about Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. and Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Brown and all those guys have, have just been fantastic uh, in the postseason. So, yeah, they would seem like the easy pick, 
So guess what? Picking against Miami's probably been the pretty easy thing in every series, even in some of those play-in tournament games. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't count the Heat out. They they obviously have their own star in Jimmy Butler, and, and their role guys have been playing extremely well, and they may get Tyler Hero back, and, you know, probably the coach of the postseason would be Eric Spolstra. So, uh, yeah, sure, on paper, again, Miami looks like a heavy underdog, but they've been that way the entire playoffs, and it hasn't impacted him this far. Sam Amico joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Amico Hoops. Sam, Caleb Martin and his performance, everybody's been talking about that. Which role player could end up having a tremendous effect on this series like he did in the Eastern Conference Finals, or is it Caleb Martin? Well, I think he certainly the way he played in the Eastern Conference Finals, you would certainly think he would be the guy when you're talking about the Heat anyway. Uh, you know, he, he's he's going to be the type of player who, who we've seen can, can kind of come out of nowhere and uh, give you a huge lift, and that's really what determines the series a lot of times. You're going to get great performances if you're the Heat. You're going to get a great performance from Jimmy Butler. We all know that. You're going to get a great performance from from Jokic and Murray and Nuggets, and uh, it's really the other guy. You know, how do they play? How do they perform? How does Michael Porter Jr., is he continuing to knock down shots for the Nuggets? Is Aaron Gordon continuing to be uh, a very good defender of, you know, wing players as he's proven to be in this postseason? So generally, yeah, it's going to be one of those X-factor guys. And right now, Caleb Martin is, the ultimate X factor going into the finals. So, you know, if I had to make a pick, it, it would definitely be him because he's been uh, obviously outstanding uh, through the entire postseason. Say, I'm turning the page to the Charlotte Hornets and a guy that feels untradeable around here, LaMelo Ball. But you're starting to see news items pop up with potential LaMelo Ball trades and, and things of that nature. Do you feel like with his injury history and he's missed a lot of games that this could actually turn into reality, him being in trade talks? And with the news coming out about his brother Lonzo, are league circles starting to feel like this is a thing with the Ball brothers and injuries? Yeah, you know, it is starting to feel like a little bit of a a quote-unquote curse maybe, Uh, but uh, obviously two different players in two different situations when you're talking about it. Uh, a rolled ankle for for Lamelo and a, a major knee issue for Lonzo. So uh, I'd be careful to group those two guys together, uh, and I'd be very careful. You know, look, there are probably four players, four or five players in the NBA that you say this guy cannot be traded. Lamelo Ball is not in that group yet, so of course there's going to be rumblings about it. Personally, and from everything I've heard, I don't think the Hornets would be moving in that direction. I think it's more of, you know, this is this is a guy that we continue to build around. The Hornets play much better when he's on the floor, uh, and he's, he's, you know, he has the potential to be a dynamic player in the NBA for a very long time. Are you going to get equal value back if you move him? And ideally, if you move a player like Lamelo Ball, you you know you're asking for the sun, the moon, and the stars. So, I just don't think that trade is out there. I don't think that they're looking to to you know shop Lamelo Ball around the league. I think it's he's one of those guys that you say, okay, 
here's a guy that we have that, that we can build around and, and continue to grow this organization with. Uh, he, you know, he had one year where really this past season where it was really a little bit of an injury concern. So uh, I, I just think it'd be a mistake to give up on him already and say, yeah, he's injury prone or whatever, because uh, when he's on the court, obviously dynamic player and uh, can help change the course of your franchise. And those are the kind of guys you're looking for. Sam Amico joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Let's continue with the Hornets conversation, Sam. You released an article on HoopsWire.com a few days back, May 25th. You had Scoot to the Hornets question mark, and then you said the Hornets may be leaning towards Scoot Henderson at number two in the draft. Why do you feel that way? Why do you feel Scoot could be the guy here at number two overall for Charlotte? I just think that, you know, a lot of the – I've talked to five people, five general managers who would – Four of them were willing to concede that, yeah, Scoot Henderson was number two on their own draft board. Uh, Mitch Kupchak, I can tell you, was not among them. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that you look at it that way and say, this is the guy who's the number two player. And, and if he is, if he's the second best player, the second best prospect, that's the guy you go with. You know, Lottery teams don't really have the luxury. I know fans and media like to say, uh, you know, well, what's our need? What's our biggest glaring need? Uh, well, if you're, you know, in the lottery, if you're if you're drafting in the top five, generally you need something everywhere. You could use improvement everywhere. So that in that case, you go with the best available player. If they feel, as a lot of these other general managers do, that Scoot Henderson's number two, you could bet they will take him and figure the rest out later. Yes, we have Lamelo Ball. Yes, we have. Terry Rozier for the Hornets, but you know, are are, are those two guys the long term answer? Uh, can we go with three guard lineup? Let's get our best player, our best prospect, who we think that is, regardless of position, into training camp and let the chips fall where they may. So, uh, I I that's just based on all that. You also think about Brandon Miller, who's an outstanding player uh, from Alabama, small forward position. Everybody views him as a can't miss guy in the NBA. Uh, you know, he had he had some of those issues at Alabama, the, the the gun stuff that he was never, you know, uh, really charged or any of that. So, you know, that concern has kind of been out there that there's been concerns about, you know, how good a shape is he in. Uh, I, I just think with some of the question marks, despite his talent, despite the fact he seems like a really good kid. Uh, there's just, you know, Henderson's, Henderson has none of the quote-unquote baggage and has been a, a fantastic player, fantastic prospect. Just makes me think, yeah, that's the guy the Hornets will take. Now, that said, we have no, we have no real idea until they actually call out someone's name. Sam, so before we get you out of here, it's been a topic today we've been talking about NBA journeyman because we got on the topic because of Ish Smith is right here from Concord played on 14 NBA teams. So who are some of your favorite NBA journeymen over the years? Definitely Ish Smith is one of them because I just, when, when he was with Washington, he didn't get much of an opportunity uh Denver a lot, but when he was with the Wizards just a, a year and a half ago, I just thought, man, this guy, he, he really causes problems for the opponent. So, uh, and he's been doing that for a long time in the league. He's, he's kind of a survivor. Uh, 
you know, other guys that I've I've really liked. It, it, it's it's hard to tell, hard to call all of these guys journeymen. I wouldn't call Malcolm Brogdon a journeyman, even though he's been with three teams. But I think that he is one of those guys for the Celtics. Uh, has just been uh, a fantastic player wherever he goes. Very underrated uh, winner type of player, and uh, you know, I, I I would say. Obviously, much more of an impact player than Ish Smith has made, but uh, just a guy who I've always thought, you know, doesn't get nearly the credit, uh, perfect teammate, and, and just goes out and does his job. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, that's that's really probably the two that I would say. And it, it's funny that you mentioned Ish because uh, I, I've, I've always been, long been a fan of his game just because he, he comes in, seems to seems to be a third string point guard wherever he goes, but mm-hmm. plays like a first stringer whenever he's in there, you know. Well, Sam, that's a good answer because Wes went to Wake Forest, so it's exactly the answer he was looking for here. He wanted to hear Ish Smith's name come out of your mouth, and so you passed the test. Nice job. That's Sam Amico of HoopsWire.com, senior NBA writer. You can find him on Twitter, at Amico Hoops, for plenty more updates, not only as the postseason is going on, but as we approach the NBA draft. Sam, we appreciate it once again, man. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. All right, guys. Thanks so much for having me, and uh, sure be talking to you down the line.